This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Where the Word of God says that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And we saw that poverty is not a blessing. It's part of the consequences for breaking God's law. And we also saw that God wanted his servants in the old covenant. He wanted them rich. Now, if God wants his servants rich, he sure doesn't want his sons poor. Amen. We saw that we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. We saw that the chastisement, the punishment that brought us shalom was upon Jesus. And through the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ, prosperity became ours. Now, we also said this, that rich doesn't mean being millionaires. Rich just means a full supply. It means abundant provision. So God wants our needs met. He wants our wants supplied. He wants us to have so that we can be generous towards the gospel, towards the cause of Christ. So it's his will that we prosper. Then we went ahead to look at qualifications for prosperity. Prosperity doesn't just happen. It doesn't just fall on us, fall on our laps, you know, like ma ripe mangoes will fall off a mango tree. No. There are things we do. There is a Godward side, there is a manward side. Amen. There are things we do to qualify ourselves for prosperity God's way. We said, number one, we need to esteem earthly things lightly. Put first things first. Value spiritual things. Give the word of God first place in our lives. Then we said, number two, we need to be willing and obedient. Willing to do whatever God wants us to do and actually do it. Do it out of a willing heart and a ready mind. Amen. What God has revealed to us in his word, in our spirits, his plans, his purposes for our lives. Amen. And then we also saw, thirdly, that we need to renew our thinking to think in line with God's word. What you think determines what you believe. What you believe determines what you say. And our words dominate us. So God wants us to think in line with his word. Now, we want to look right now in this hour at our authority. Our authority in the area of finances. Our authority in the area of finances. Do we have any authority where this is concerned? Are we just at the mercy of the devil? Let's see what God's word has to say, you know, about the authority the believer has in the area of finances. Turn with me to the book of beginnings, Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And um, the very first verse says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So yes, he created. He's the creator. Now if we get down to verse 26, it says, and God said, let us, Elohim actually, where it says God, so the Godhead, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. 
And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat and it was so. So we see here that God made his man and put his man in Eden. Told him to dress it. Told him to keep it. He gave Adam dominion over all the works of his hands. In one sense of the word, Adam originally was the God of this world. Small g God. He had dominion. He called the shots. He was in charge. He was in charge. You see, all the wealth on this earth, and there's enough wealth on the earth to go round. All the wealth. God put wealth here. God put all, he put stuff here. Amen. But who did he make those things for? For Adam. For his man, Adam. You see, Psalm 24 verse 1. The Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. In Psalm 8 verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? It says, for thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Now the word angels there is the same word for God in Genesis 1.26. Thou hast made him a little lower than Elohim. See, God made man as much like himself as he could make a being. God made Adam just a shade lower than himself. <laughs> thou hast made him a little lower than Elohim. It says, thou hast crowned him with glory and honor. So Adam had dominion. Adam called the shots. Adam was in charge of all the stuff, of all the wealth that was on the earth. It was all put there for Adam and his descendants for their use. Are you listening? But we know what happened. Adam committed high treason. He disobeyed God. God had told him, you may eat of all the fruit of the trees in the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat of it. The day you eat of it, in dying you will die. In dying spiritually, you will die physically. Adam did just that and he got separated from God and then Satan became the God of this world are you listening Haggai chapter 2 verse 8 the Bible says there that the silver is mine the gold is mine so all the gold on this earth actually belongs to God all the silver on this earth actually belongs to God all the oil on this earth actually belongs to God all the uh, precious minerals on this earth all of that stuff belongs to God. In Psalm 50, verse 10, God said that the cattle on a thousand hills are his. Then in verse 12, he said, if you were hungry, you won't ask us. Because everything belongs to him. Now, everything belongs to God from the standpoint of God being the owner. God was the owner, is the owner, will always be the owner. But you see, God now gave dominion over the earth to Adam. Now, Romans 6.16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. 
Whoever you obey, you're going to be that person's subject. Adam chose to obey the devil. And then he became the devil's subject. And then he became a servant of Satan. He became a servant of sin. And since the devil became man's spiritual father, as well as man's lord, the do dominion that Adam had, the devil took a hold of it. Because he's the lord now. Adam has bowed the knee to the devil. And since the devil is now man's lord, he just took the dominion from Adam. Adam delivered it to him. Amen. And that's how Satan became the god of this world. Not because he owns it. God still owns it. But God gave dominion over it to Adam, which Adam turned over to Satan. And so Satan is the one wielding that dominion. Let, let's look at one scripture, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. But that's not the end of the story. You know, something happened. Luke chapter 4. But before we look at what happened, let's see this clearly like we should. Verse 1 says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2 says, Being 40 days, what's the next word? Tempted. Tempted of the devil. So he was tempted. Now, let's look at one of those temptations. Verse 5. At least the Bible calls it temptation. Verse 5 of Luke 4. It says, And the devil, taking him up into an high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee. Now, the word for power here is exousia. Exousia actually could be better translated dominion, authority. All this authority, this is the devil speaking, and he's talking to Jesus. All this authority will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. Who delivered it? Adam. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Verse 8. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now, some people have said that when the devil said that, he was just being the liar that he is. Now, I know the devil is a liar, right? The Bible tells us that. Jesus himself told us the devil is a liar. John 8, 44, he's a liar. But you see, the Bible calls it a temptation. The Bible says it was a temptation. If the devil didn't have that dominion to offer Jesus, it wasn't a temptation. But the Bible says it was a temptation. And now, if the devil did not have that dominion, Jesus would have known so. And Jesus would have corrected the devil and told him, no, you don't have the dominion. But you notice, Jesus did not contest Satan's claim. Why? It was the truth. I know he's a liar, but you see that one he said, he had it. That wasn't a lie. That was a fact. He had that dominion. Who gave him? Adam did. So that's how Satan became the god of this world. And that's why you notice that there is an intelligence that wants to keep Christians broke. There is. You know, sometimes when people talk about prosperity and it's all from the standpoint of uh, natural principles. Yeah, there are natural principles and there are principles that work universally. But let me tell you something. There's also a devil. Everybody may be doing it. The unbeliever may be doing it. When is your turn to do it? Then that's when one thing that happens only once in a thousand 
you know, could just happen, naturally speaking. Because there's a supernatural devil that is intelligent. He knows if money comes into your hands, you're going to look good. God is going to look good. The money will get into the hands of the church. The money will go towards financing the gospel. And then more people will be reached. And then the lost, the nations, the tribes that haven't heard will hear. And then the end is going to come. And he doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want the lost saved. He doesn't want the work of God to progress. So he doesn't want money in your hands. Because all things being equal, if you're a Christian with the right heart, if money is in your hands, it's going to go towards the gospel. He doesn't want that to happen. He's the of righteousness. The devil is not our friend. The devil is not working for us. The devil doesn't want the gospel to spread. And that's it. That's the issue. That's the issue. So you see, he wants you broke. That's just a fact. He wants you poor. That's just a fact. Devil doesn't like your guts. Doesn't want you to have money. He doesn't want money in your hands. Yeah. He knows also that if you're looking good, it makes God look good. That his children are doing fine. And he doesn't want his children to do fine. But you know what? The good news is that, you see, that Adam was only the first Adam. There was a second Adam. Who also happens to be the last Adam. And through his vicarious sacrifice, through his death, burial, and resurrection, he not only redeemed us from the cause of poverty, he actually defeated the devil. He actually stripped the devil of that authority that Adam gave him and gave that authority back to us in Christ through the use of the name of Jesus. Let's look. Sometimes we quote these scriptures and we just do people an injustice quoting them. But let's look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. In verse 15, the Bible says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So this same devil, this same intelligence that's trying to keep sources from coming to the church, that's trying to keep money from coming to you, that's trying to keep you broke, it's the devil who's behind that. Jesus met the devil in the devil's domain and he defeated him. One translation says, and having stripped principalities and powers, what did he strip them of? Of that authority. Of that authority. See, we need to see this in our spirits and we need to see it clearly. In Ephesians chapter 1, you know, Paul in praying for the saints at Ephesus and their prayers, every Christian should pray for himself as well as for other Christians. From verse 19, he said, and what is the exceeding greatness of God's power, of his power to us, towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he, God, wrought or walked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come 
and he has put all things under his feet talking about all them forces of hell and he gave jesus to be the head over all things to the church or if you like for the benefit of the church which is his body the fullness of him that feeleth all in all you see jesus defeated the devil when he rose from the dead he said all hail and in verse 18 of matthew 28 he said all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth and then he turned around and delegated the authority to the church and he said to us folks go therefore because all authority is given to me go with my authority see colossians chapter 1 from verse 12 the bible says giving thanks unto the father which hath made us meet or if you like who has made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light it says who has delivered us from the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son verse 14 says in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins you see we have an actual redemption from the devil's dominion god our father has qualified us to partake of the inheritance of the saints in light amen and part of that inheritance is redemption from poverty part of that inheritance is material and financial prosperity that's part of the inheritance that's part of what is ours in christ jesus amen when we got saved god delivered us from out of the control and dominion the river bible puts it of darkness he drew up unto himself. Are you listening? So darkness, the devil, his kingdom, all that stuff. You see, the devil doesn't have dominion over us anymore. He doesn't have authority over us anymore. We're not in his kingdom anymore. He can't lord it over us with lack anymore. He can't lord it over us with poverty anymore. Because we're not in his family anymore. We're in a different kingdom. We have a new Lord. We have a new master. See, the devil doesn't have any more authority over you than he does over Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. And we have been delivered from the authority of darkness. See, once upon a time, the devil was our Lord, but not anymore. We are his masters now. First John 4, 4 says, ye are of god little children and have overcome them and have overcome them see we have overcome the devil we have overcome his forces why have we overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world who is the one in us jesus Colossians 127 says christ in you the hope of glory jesus christ in the person and power of the holy spirit dwells in us today and he defeated the devil 2,000 years ago. See, that person that wants you poor, that person that's trying to keep money from coming to you, that person that doesn't want you to get the job, that doesn't want the good things of life to come your way, that doesn't want your needs met, doesn't want your wants supplied, there is a person who's walking behind the scenes to do that, and he has been defeated. He has been defeated. He has been unseated. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. The Bible says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself, talking about Jesus, likewise took part of the same, that through death 
he might destroy him that had the power of death. Talking about spiritual death. And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. See, we have been delivered from that fear of death. That fear of the dominion of the devil. And the devil has been destroyed. The devil has been destroyed. The devil has been paralyzed. He has been paralyzed. He has been paralyzed. Where your finances are concerned, the devil has been paralyzed. He has. It's a fact. It's a fact. 1 Corinthians 2.6 The Bible says, How be it, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. That word means mature. Not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Jesus has brought the devil to nothing. Jesus has reduced the devil to nothing. As far as you are concerned, the devil is nothing. He's a nobody. Jesus has reduced him to nothing. As far as your finances are concerned, he is nothing. As long as your economy is concerned, the devil is nothing. As, long as, your, as far as your bank account, the provision of your needs is concerned, he is nothing. He is nothing. He has been reduced to nothing. You see, we need to see that very well in our spirits. That authority that Adam delivered to him, Jesus got it back. And Jesus delegated it to the church. As a believer in Christ now, we are no longer under the devil's dominion. The situation now is that the devil is under our dominion because we have the name of Jesus. Amen. So you see, we have authority in the area of finances. We have authority when it comes to getting our needs met. We have authority when it comes to getting our wants supplied. We have authority when it comes to getting ahead materially and financially. There's more to prosperity than meets the eye. Have you heard about blood money? Heard about people that do rituals? People that do stuff? Yeah. There's the supernatural. Let me tell you something. Real wealth. Real wealth. See, God wants money to come to the church. And the reason is simple. Because of the gospel. Because the gospel needs to go out. It's going to take some resources for us to do it. It's going to take us having our priorities right. Amen. And you know what? We are taking our place. We are taking our place. In this financial arena, we are taking our place. We are going to exercise our dominion in this area. Just like we do when it comes to sickness and disease. Just like we do when it comes to sin. You see, God wants us to see poverty. Just like we see sickness. Just like we see sin. They are works of the devil. And there's nothing good about them. And they have been defeated. And now we have authority over these things. Are you listening? Now, in this area about authority, in the area of finances, there are three things we need to do. Are you hearing me? Three things we need to do. When it comes to getting our needs met or getting our wants supplied. Three things in using our authority in the area of finances. Number one is this. Claim whatever you need or want. You can claim it. Why can't you claim it? Because it was made for us in the first place. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to our father. The gold and the silver belong to him. He gave Adam dominion over the works of his hands. He didn't put all that wealth here because of the devil and his children. He put it here because of his man Adam. Adam sold out to the devil. But Jesus now came 
and broke the power of the devil over us and delivered us and drew us to himself and gave us the use of his name, gave us the authority to use his name. In John 14, verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That word for ask is aetio. It means to demand as your right or privilege. You see, prosperity is your right. It's your privilege. Your needs being met is your right. It's your privilege. Your wants being supplied, it's your right. It's your privilege. It belongs to us because of the finished work of redemption. Amen. You see, we are heirs of God and he owns everything. And we are his heirs. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 1 from verse 1, the Bible says, God who at Sunday times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things. It says, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he hath by himself touched our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Amen. You see, he sat down. Why? Because he has completed the work. Why? Because the devil has been defeated. Why? Because the authority has been delegated back to the church. Amen. So, whatever you need or want, number one, claim it in the name of Jesus. You can. You can. Because it's the devil trying to keep it from you. So, demand your right. Now, of course, we understand that faith grows, right? So, you don't want to start by trying to claim one billion dollars. I'm not sure you need that right now. You know? Start where you are at. When I got a hold of this, I got a hold of this in the 80s. Remember 1989. The first time I exercised my faith for finances, it was 130 naira. 10 naira notes then were red. I remember. I needed that money for something. I got it actually within 24 hours. I did just what I'm telling you. 130 naira then was a lot of money. A lot of money. I needed it. What did I do? Three things just like I'm telling you from God's word. Number one, claim what you need in the name of Jesus. Number two, tell the devil to take his hands off of it. You see, many times, the way we pray for money is not really so right. Praying, oh God, send me money. The truth is that God doesn't have Naira in heaven. What is he going to use it for there? They're not buying stuff with Naira there. He doesn't have dollars in heaven. He doesn't have euro in heaven. He doesn't have pounds in heaven. He doesn't have those. That's not the currency they use there. They don't use that stuff. So the money we need is not in heaven. It's here on earth. It's here on earth. But there is a system. There is an intelligence. There is a force. A devilish force that wants to keep it from coming to you. Amen. So that's why you can claim what you need in the name of Jesus. And then secondly, tell the devil to take his hands off of it. Because he's the one putting his hands on it and trying to keep it from coming to you. So, number one, claim what you need in the name of Jesus. Number two, tell the devil to take his hands off of it. And then number three, before I mention number three, I want us to look at a few scriptures. 
Turn with me to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. I've given two out of the three things. When it comes to exercising our authority in the area of finances, I'm about to give the third one. Psalm 103. In verse 20. Psalm 103, verse 20. It says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. So angels, we see here, the excelling strength, right? One, you know, when Sennacherib came against Judah, and um, Hezekiah prayed, and Isaiah told him that, look, don't be afraid. God is going to sort that thing out. One angel in one night slew 185,000 people. Yeah, they show excelling strength. Don't you think so? They do. In one night, one angel, 185,000 people. Yeah. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments. So they do God's commandments. And the Bible says, let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So, part of God's commandment is that we prosper, right? And those angels, they do God's commandments. God said in his word, beloved, 3 John 2, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. See, angels have more to do with life than we think they do. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 18, talking about the little children, that their angels are ever before the face of his father. You know, you don't lose your angels because you grow up. Yeah, it's not only children that have angels. I do. Well, I'm a child of God too. <laughs> are you listening? Let's look at another scripture. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. I read from verse 13. It says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Verse 14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? What's the next word? What's the next word after minister? For. Sent forth to minister for. Sent forth to minister for. Now, does it say they are sent forth to minister to? It says they are sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation. Now, that's talking about us, right? And it says that, verse 13 says, is angels. And then it now says that those angels are ministering spirits and that they are sent forth to minister for us. To minister for us. Now, you've ever been to a restaurant before? Can I see your hand? Or a buka? Yeah. And then, let's say it was one of those, you know, there are some places, there's one in Yao, your place in this Abuja. If you go there, you carry your plate in your hand. Yeah. I'm not talking about places where you carry your plate and you queue to buy food. You know, that may be fine if, because they have so many people to attend to. But I'm saying, many places, right, you go, you sit down. Then, the waiter or the waitress comes and they bring a menu, you know? And then they ask you, they show you the menu, what do you want? What is that person doing? He's waiting on you. That person is ministering for you. Now, if someone is sent to minister to me, right? The person that sent the person is the person who gives the orders. If someone is sent to minister to me, then the person who sent him to minister to me 
tells him what to do. So he gets to me and just delivers what he was sent to do, right? But if someone is sent to minister for me, then the person goes and comes to me and gives me the menu and he asks for my order and is waiting for me to place my order. You see, some people's angels are frustrated because they have been waiting for you to place your order. And some people are not placing order. In actual fact, some people are binding their angel. You know, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. Some people are bound their angels. You know how? They keep saying, you know, there's no money here. You know, this economy is so bad. You know, you know, you, you know, you know I'm, I'm broke. You know, that's how they talk. That's how some people talk. And when they say that, those angels just look at themselves. Say, what's wrong with this guy? When will he, know, when will he wake up? I'm sent to minister for him. He won't let me do my work. I have a whole lot of stuff. I can get to come his way. But I can't. I can't influence people on his behalf because he's not allowing me to. See, Luke 6.38 says, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men, 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 men. You see, men, some of the things you need are in the hands of men. Now, relationships are important. Walking in love, being respectful, being polite. We'll get into some of those things subsequently. But you see, the devil influences men, right? Sometimes even Christians, chiefly unbelievers. But you see, God, through his angels too, wants to influence men. And that's my third point. Say, go, ministering spirits, and cost the money to come. That's what to do. So number one, claim what you need in the name of Jesus. Number two, tell the devil to take his hands off of it. And then number three, say go ministering spirits and cost the money to come. E.W. Kenyon said the Lord gave him that revelation. I read it in one of his books in his presence. He talked about it. Brother Higgins said the Lord spoke to him the exact same thing. Of course, it's the same person that gave them. And it's the same thing. It lines up word you see we have authority in the area of finances that we are not using we have authority in this area that we are not taking advantage of there are resources that God wants to bring our way I needed that 130 naira I claimed this in the name of Jesus I told the devil take your hands off of it then I said go ministry spirits and cause the money to come well by the next day the money showed up Amen. Remember one time I needed shoes, black shoes. Decided I wasn't going to buy my money. I was going to use my faith. This was many years ago. Many years ago. I think I was in, in 100 level or 200 level in university. So I claimed it. Did the same thing. Well, I got three black shoes. Yeah. I, I think those angels walked, ex they walked extra. <laughs> Amen. You know, Angels can influence people on your behalf. Somebody can just go and say, you know, I was just thinking about you. And when I was thinking about you, I was just thinking about my checkbook at the same time. And I was just thinking, maybe I can be good to this person. And then as I was just thinking, I can be good to him. I just was hearing five million, five million, five million, you know. And, you know, I was, and as I was just thinking about it, I just looked and I saw my pen. And I saw that my checkbook was close by. You know, angels can do things like that. You have been, you, you've applied for a job. 
Somebody may just not be able to sleep in the night because they just say, no, you are the one that must get it. You are the one that must get it. You are the one that must get it. You know, some files get missing and they are just lost in transit and you can't find them. Back after the break. subject of biblical prosperity that's what we're looking at this week and um, we started by talking about the fact that we are redeemed from poverty poverty is not a blessing poverty is a curse and the basis of our prosperity is the finished work of redemption amen then we proceeded to look at qualifications for walking in prosperity we said that first and foremost we must put first things first Put God's word first. Esteem earthly things lightly. That's number one. You know, we must never, ever put material things first. You know, there are people that money means everything to them. You know, material things mean everything to them. There are people that can almost kill their own child over money. Money is, you know. Somebody was talking once. He said, look, if you tell me to add figures, I don't get it. But when you put money there, he said, my brain starts working well. Yeah. People who are like that, once it's money, you know, they don't joke, they can joke with anything, not money. Now, I'm not saying we should be irresponsible about money, but I'm saying let's put money last. Don't let's be materialistic. Don't let's be money-minded. Praise God. And then, we also said we should be willing and obedient. Willing to obey God and obey God willingly. Amen. Then he said we'll eat the good of the land. He'll bless us will prosper us but we must obey him we must serve him you know god doesn't do summer sales you know summer sales when everything is half price you know special sales christmas sales god doesn't do those kind of sales thank god for those sales and they are good but i'm saying that when it comes to the blessings of god when it comes to walking in what is ours in christ we have to line up with god's standards amen and then lastly we said we need to get our thinking in line with God's word. To think in line with his word. And then in the last hour, we talked about our authority in the area of finances. How we can claim what we need in the name of Jesus. Tell the devil to take his hands off of it. And tell the ministering spirits to go and cost the money to come. I've done that time and time and time and time and time again. Without fail, it has always worked. Amen. Because it's God's word. There are principles in God's word. Praise God. Now, I want to talk in this hour about the Bible way to release faith. The Bible way to release faith. You see, faith works the same in all realms. Faith works the same in all realms. Works the same. Whether it's the new birth, the baptism in the Holy Ghost, divine healing, answered prayers, or financial provision, the principles of faith work the same in all realms. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So that's how the just will live, including where finances, where material 
uh, prosperity is concerned. The principles of faith work the same in every realm. Turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. There's a verse of scripture there you might be familiar with. But it won't hurt hearing it again, right? Faith doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing and hearing. Mark 11, verse 23. It says, For verily I say unto you, so that's Jesus speaking, that whosoever, whosoever. So this will work for whosoever. And you see, anytime I say whosoever, like John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 10.13, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So when I see those whosoevers, and I see this whosoever, I know it's talking about me. Right? If the whosoever of John 3.16 will work for anybody, then the whosoever of Mark 11.23 will work for anybody too. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, you notice that relative to the believer, the saying part, for verily I say, that's Jesus doing the same, we don't count that. But relative to the, to the whosoever, it says that whosoever shall say, that saying some form one time, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. That's a believe one time. That's say one time. Believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. Those things which he said. So that's say in some form two times. Then he closes it by saying he shall have whatsoever he saith. So that's say, saith, saith. The saying in some form is mentioned three times. And the believing is mentioned only once. You see, we are believers. We have been taught to believe. We have been taught to have faith. Where we miss it primarily as Christians is not the believing part. Where we miss it primarily is in the same part. Remember one time, this was sometimes in 1999. I was somewhere in Lagos, in Yaba. So I was meditating, I was studying about some things along some of these lines. You know, and then on the inside of me I heard something. You know, something about, I was studying about believing Believing God, believing his word, you know, and all that. And on the inside of me, I heard these words. You have to say with your mouth what you believe in your heart. Just believing it in your heart is not enough. You have to say with your mouth what you believe in your heart. You see, for your faith to be activated, it has to be spoken. See, faith has to be released with words through the mouth. You have to say it. For it to be released. Just believing it in your heart is not enough. Are you listening? I like something Kenneth Copeland says. He says, say it as much as you believe it. Amen. You see, where we miss it as Christians, some Christians miss it in the believing part, no doubt. But most of us don't miss it there. Where most of us miss it is in the same part. Now, if you say it with your mouth, but you don't believe it in your heart, it won't work. If you believe it in your heart, and you don't say it with your mouth, it won't work. But most of us, we believe God's word in our hearts, but we're not saying it with our mouths. Sometimes we're saying something else with our mouths. 
You see, if you talk about the lack of finances, it will stop the money from coming in. Are you listening to me? See, sometimes we think, and in churches, as ministers, you know, sometimes we do this. Sometimes we go to people, we say, look, we need this money. We don't have this money. You know, we need to get this money. Am I trying to get people to give? Right? It's, I've seen people do this. I've heard people say, well, if you don't give to us, you know, we're going to be off the air. And then I told myself, you've already said you'll be off the air. I'm not giving to you. Who wants to give to something that won't work? If you talk about the lack of finances, it will stop the money from coming in. Yeah. If you talk abundance, you will have an abundance of it. Our faith will always rise up or go down to the level of our words. Many times, many Christians do this. We are experts at it. We are experts at it. Go to Malachi. Malachi. Now, I'm not talking about tithing. So, that's not what I'm talking about. But go to Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. But it's not Tithing I'm talking about. Look at verse 13. It says, Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, What have we spoken so much against thee? 14. Ye have said, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy. Yea, they that walk wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. Do you see that? And God says that that kind of speaking is our words stout against him. We begin to say, eh, they say we should serve God, we're serving God. Eh, they say we should come to church, we're coming. Eh, they say we should obey God, we're obeying him. But look, things are not working. That's our words being stout against God. There are people that give. And they give generous. There are people that tithe. But sometimes, some people don't mix faith with these things. Instead, what they talk about still is lack. What they talk about still is what they don't have. Brother Higgins said the Lord taught him about prosperity. January 1950. He said when he got this revelation, some of these things were sharing. When the Lord taught it to him, showed him from the word, it was contrary to everything else he had known, everything he had noticed. You know? He was going to the Lord. Isaiah 1.19. He said, if you'll be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. I obeyed you. I did what you told me to do. But look, I'm not prospering. I'm not, I'm not well off. I, I, I don't have anything to show for it. If anything, I have a lot to show for obeying you in the negative. You know? And then the Lord told him, problem is you don't qualify. He said he got willing in 10 seconds. You know? He walked on the willing path. Then the Lord told him, there's another problem you need to fix. He said, the problem with you is that you don't practice what you preach. He said, what do you mean by that? That felt like a low blow. Lord said, yes, you preach faith and you practice it. When it comes to the new birth, you got saved. 
baptism in the Holy Ghost, divine healing. Said so there have been times you've had symptoms in your body, but you'll go to preach and you'll announce, you know, how God keeps you healthy and the symptoms will vanish. He said, but in this area of finances, you haven't been walking in See, there was a church he was preaching in that time. He had preached in that same church about a year before. The only difference is that there was another pastor now, but basically the same people. Maybe they had two more members. The previous year, they gave him about, um, about $57.15 for a week. You know, two weeks, that comes to about $114, thereabout. He was preaching in the same church. He got that light about the truth of God's word. Now, $50 then is not $50 now. You understand what I mean? When he saw that, he said, all right, you know, I'm going to prove this thing. If it won't work for me, I'm not sure it will work for anybody else. Anytime you have a revelation, don't be in a hurry to preach it. Prove it first. And then not only that, submit it to people who are older, who are more mature in the Lord. Submit it. Let it be judged. Amen. If it's, if it's God's word, you see the wisdom that's from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. Paul went by revelation to those who have note, apostles before him, and delivered to them, submitted to them the gospel that he preached. Lest by any means he should labor, you had labored in vain. Anytime you have a revelation, and revelation is doing you like, preach me, preach me now, preach me now, preach me now. Don't preach it yet. Don't preach it yet. Don't be in a hurry. First, prove it in your own life. What's the fruit of it? If it's God's word, it will bear fruit. Right? Any revelation you have that makes you not win souls more. It makes you not love the brethren more. It makes you not more honorable. Makes you dishonorable. You know, it makes you belittle the supernatural. Those are not the right fruits. It doesn't produce holiness. It doesn't produce the right kind of fruit. Run away from such a revelation. If it's of God, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in them that make peace. So you see, the fruit of it will tell if it's right. Well, he stood up. He said in that church he was in, the same church, where they gave him $57 a week. He was in that same church. And then he decided he was going to claim $150 that week. He said, when they gave him the $57, they thought they hung the moon. They thought, wow, it was, they, they've done fantastic. He said, if he had suggested that he'll need $75, they would say that will take a miracle. If he said $100, they would say even God can't do that. <laughs> but he claimed $150. He didn't tell them anything. You see, don't put pressure on people. Put pressure on the word. Put pressure on the word. Now, when it comes to a ministry, let's say a church or a ministry, is it okay to come and talk to the people about, well, these are the things that, the projects we have, these are the needs we have. Is that right in a church or in a ministry? Yes, it's okay. Because you see, it's not just your responsibility as the pastor to believe God for the needs. It's everybody's responsibility. Who is a member of that assembly? You understand that? But even then, you don't want to pressure the people. Are you listening? Now, sometimes we can begin to give projects, 
You know, sometimes we add to things that God originally gave us. Sometimes we try to run too fast and then it puts pressure on the people. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about something that's legitimate, that's right. It's okay. This is it and give the people an opportunity to get in on it. Nothing wrong with that. But you don't want to put pressure on them. You don't want to arm twist them. You don't want to use gimmicks. Just give the word. Put pressure on the word. Exercise your faith. So he said he stood. He said, I claim $150 this week. It turned out that the pastor wanted him to stay uh, three more days. So he claimed $200 for the entire 10 days that he stayed there. When they counted the offering, because Tuesday, Friday, and Sunday night, what they did, the, cost, the culture then was that a special offering was taken for the guest speaker. And then everybody uh, could give to it specially just for the guest speaker. So that was how it was done. Well, after the 10 days and the offering was counted, you know what it came to? It came to $240.15. The pastor looked at it and said, I, I, I just can't believe it. <laughs> Where did this come from? Where did this come from? You see, the word of God works. The word of God works. Brother Hagin said he will go deliberately, deliberately to places where they've said he can't walk. To burn over fields. You know, there are some places that are big. Even a big church, they give you a big offering. You could say, well, there were many people. But small places. There was one brother, Johnson, he was to preach for in Vernon, Texas. The Lord told him, don't go there yet. So he didn't go. There was another man, one brother, Robinson, who was somewhere where the place was like in a farm. It was like in a, in a village kind of setting, that kind of place. When he got there, he said, counting everything that moved, including babies and little children, there were 72 people. <laughs> 72. There was a, the other church, they had 800. Their auditorium could fill 800. And then they said they could put in some extra chairs that will seat a thousand. And the pastor guaranteed that he will fill it up every night. But the Lord told him, don't go there. You know, the Lord sent him to another place where they had 72 people. In one, uh, almost like in one remote location. Countryside, where they were farmers, like a village. When he got there, the man said, Brother Hagin, I actually was going to call you and tell you not to come. He said, this is the problem. You know, we are farmers here, chiefly. That's what we live on. And our two main crops are tomato and cotton. Tomato is harvested, this period was January. Tomato is harvested May ending and June, right? They said that they had hail, and the hail destroyed the tomato. So they had a tomato crop failure. The other one that's harvested in summer was cotton. They said that bull weevils got into the cotton. So they also had a cotton cup failure. So he told him, he said, look, I can't guarantee you a dime. He said, he told the man, did I ask you for a dime? I didn't ask you for a dime. He said, but this is what I want you to do. Now that you brought it up, don't go up on the pulpit and tell them, you know, we had a cotton crop failure. We had a tomato crop failure. Don't do that. If you talk about the lack of finances to stop the money from coming in. What do you do? When it's time for the offering that will go to the speaker, that will go to me, just pass the plate. Don't put any pressures. Don't do anything like that. The man said, ha, if I do that, you won't get anything. He said, look, if I don't get anything, I'm fine. But just don't put any pressures on the people. Don't tell them, no, you know we can't give. Don't say that. You see, 
Say something like, the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. What belongs to God belongs to us. And because it's ours, we can give. And just pass the plate. This offering goes for so and so. And just pass it. Simple. Don't put any pressure. The man said, okay, I've heard. He ended up staying in that place for three weeks. He claimed $150 for one week, you know, per week. So, after three weeks, you know, that should come to $450. He said by the time the offering came, he had over $960. Four brand new tires. Yeah. Yeah. The pastor said, where did the money come from? We had a tomato crop failure. We had a cutting. Hey, you've been talking that. That's why it's not coming. Yeah. And you know what? 32 people got saved in the altar. 32. Actually, 32 got filled with the Holy Ghost. About 12 of, those, of them were men who were heads of families. Who weren't involved in any church. So that meant the pastor got 12 brand new families in his church. No wonder God sent him to go there. You see, faith in God's word always works. Brother Higgins said he was talking to the, uh, uh, about this with someone, with some people. Just shared it with them one-on-one. -on -one. This is what I've learned. This is how it's worked for me. And someone told him, well, he said it will work for you because you're an itinerant minister. It won't work for a pastor. Ah! He said he knew that it's God's word and it worked for anybody. But you see, he had to prove it. So he said, oh God, you told me I could never pastor. But if you just give me a chance to prove this, I would like to. So that I can tell these pastors also that the principles of God's word work the same. Whether you're on field ministry or you're a pastor. Now, there was a fellow who invited him to preach. He did a seven-week meeting for the person. Then the man suddenly told him, he said, look, I need to be gone on a leave of absence during the entire summer period. Would you mind filling in for me as pastor and being in charge of the church while I'm gone. This was 1953. Would you mind filling in? Well, he, he said, he told the man, he said, let me pray about it. He prayed about it and the Lord told him, this is your chance to prove what I told you. He ended up staying there about 23 weeks. Are you listening? 23 weeks. The pastor was gone. The pastor told him, don't bother about visitation. I have other people do that. Just preach Sunday morning, Sunday evening, midweek service. Just do that and we're good. Well, they were in the red in their finances. They were in the red. He claimed, first Sunday when the man left, he got he, quietly, he said by himself, he said, I claim every need met, you know, and that by the time the pastor is back, we'll be in the black and not in the red. Now, they had a, uh, a radio program the radio program was $3,750 behind. Yeah. They are threatening them that, look, we can't keep having you guys owing money. If you don't pay for each week and start paying your debt, we're going to take you off. So he claimed also that bill cleared out. Now, in summer, mails fall. People travel. Offerings drop. Are you listening? You know? So... That was a bad time in the natural for resources to come. But it did just that. Now, there was one particular person who used to take the offering for the radio program. The man who would take the offering for the radio program, he would go on and on. He would take anywhere from 45 minutes 
to one hour 30 minutes to raise that offering yeah you will take pledges who will give five dollars who will give ten dollars and then 45 minutes to one hour every tuesday tuesday night and then he will have to preach after it so he told the man he said you know what stop doing that for the radio offering stop saying stuff like look if you don't give we'll be off the air stop saying that just say well this is the offering for the radio program and just pass the plate the man said if we do that no money will come in he said look i'll pay the money myself if it doesn't come in leave it alone so it wasn't like he, as if he had the money anyway but he just knew that faith in god's word works by the time the pastor came back you know what happened there was a business meeting with the board and the pastor they read the financial report but 12 cents in the black all the debt was cleared the three thousand seven hundred fifty dollars all the money was cleared in the radio deficit everything was cleared so it worked it worked in the summer <laughs> you see faith in god's word works faith in god's word works and you see just like we need to feed our faith in the area of healing and health regularly for to stay strong in that area and we need to feed our faith concerning our spiritual life who we are in christ taking our place in him for us to uh, be strong in faith in our spiritual work look in the area of finances in the area of prosperity we also need to feed our faith regularly we need to feed our faith regularly you know you can be strong in faith when it comes to healing and weak in faith when it comes to finances you can be strong in faith when it comes to finances and weak in faith when it comes to healing you can be strong in faith when it comes to holiness and you're living right but you're weak in faith when it comes to healing you're weak in faith when it comes to finances and you're broke and you're sick it's possible it's possible very possible let's feed our faith on god's word and don't forget our words dominate us our words rule us in romans from verse 6 to 10 the bible says the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven to bring christ down from above who shall descend into deep bring christ up again from the dead this but what seeth it verse 8 so it first tells us what the righteousness which is of faith doesn't say now if it doesn't say that so what then does it say it says but what seeth it what does it say this righteousness which is of faith this is what it says it says that the word is nigh thee is near you in thy mouth and in thine heart that is the word of faith which we preach it now says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lord jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that god hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation you see for the new birth how we got saved we got saved by believing in our hearts that god raised jesus from the dead and confessing with our mouths that he's our lord so that's the principle that got us saved everything in the salvation package works the same way our redemptive rights and privileges work the same way when it comes to walking in our redemption from spiritual death that's how it works when it comes to walking in our redemption from sickness and disease that's how it works when it comes to walking in our redemption from poverty that's how it works what about waking up in the morning and you begin to speak the word of god my god supplies all my need according to his riches and glory by christ jesus the lord is my shepherd i do not want young lions do lack and suffer need but i since i seek the lord 
I want no good thing. The Lord is a sun and a shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from me because I walk uprightly. I obey God and I serve him. So I spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasures. I'm willing and obedient. I qualify. I eat the good of the land. Amen. I sow bountifully. Therefore, I reap bountifully. God makes all grace abound towards me. And so I have in always all sufficiency in all things. I have bound unto every good work. I know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. And so I, through his poverty, I am rich. I have a full supply. I have an abundant provision. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for me. It is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And so the blessing of Abraham comes upon me through Jesus Christ. You know, we can talk like that. Just like we can talk and say, the economy is bad. Ah, there's no money. There's no money. And you know, some people, it's as if money is running from them. Yeah. You know, he said, whatever we lay our hands upon will prosper. Now, what about confessing? I'm led by the Spirit of God. I know what to do. I follow the inward witness. And so the Lord makes me rich. He gives me power to get wealth. You know, what about talking that way? Amen. I'm compassed with favor as a shield. I'm in the right place at the right time, doing the right things, meeting the right people. What about talking like that? Proverbs 6.2 says, Thou art snared by thy words. Thou art taken. It says, taken captive by the words of thy mouth. Kenyon put it like this. He said, you said you could not do it. And the moment you said it, you were whipped. You said you did not have faith. And doubt rose up like a giant and bound you. You talked fair. And you were imprisoned by it. You talked failure and failure held you in bondage. You see, our words dominate us. Our words dominate us. Our words dominate us. Our words dominate us. Your faith will always rise up or go down to the level of your words. All the time. So the Bible way to release faith for finances or to release faith for anything else is by speaking. Is by speaking. Speaking God's word. Speaking God's word. See, once you've taken authority over the devil concerning the situation, that's it. Then it's done. See, once I've said it, I don't bind the devil two times concerning an issue. He will laugh at you if you do. Then you know you don't believe what you claim you do. Once I tell him, take your hands off of it, and I say, ministering spirits, go forth and cause it to come, then it's done. Anytime I remember, I just thank God for it. And I just say, the money will come. The money will come. It's on the way. The angels are working on it. See, that's what I say. That's what I say. That's how I talk. See, Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passing to the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Let us hold fast our profession. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Kenneth Copeland, he said, he was broke. As in broke, 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 broke. You know? Some people talk about being at the bottom of the barrel. He said he was under the barrel. The barrel was on top of him. 
Charles Scarf says he was so poor he couldn't pay his bills. But it wasn't only his bills he couldn't pay. He couldn't even pay attention. <laughs> yeah, that's serious. That's serious. Now, Brother Copeland got a hold of a message. You can have what you say, what I'm sharing now. He said it was thousands of dollars in the red. Thousands. His wife, Gloria, said she believes that the tricycle he rode as a boy, he borrowed it. Because it looked like that guy was just a borrower. My God. Whoa, was owing everything, everybody. But you see, he got a hold of the importance of speaking God's word and speaking in faith. He said in about nine months' time, all those bills were paid. He said he didn't know. He said up till today, he doesn't understand how it happened. But the thing is that it happened. Why? Because you can have what you say. 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 I want to ask you, what have you been saying? What have you been saying about your finances? What have you been saying about your business? What have you been saying about your work? What have you been saying about your giving? What are you saying? What are you saying? You know, it's one thing. The tithe is an amount. But tithing is more than just throwing money in a bucket. It's an act of worship. We'll get into some other things tomorrow. You know, is tithing in the Old Testament only? Is this scripture out to tithe in the New Covenant? Is that not in the law? We want to ask those questions. I want to examine them in the light of God's word, particularly in the epistles. We want to go there and examine some of these things. Is there a law of sowing and reaping? You know, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom? Does that law apply also in the area of prosperity? Does God bless us for giving? Should we give? You know, and when we give, should we expect a harvest? We're going to get into some of those things tomorrow in some detail. But listen, words are important. What you say about your finances is very important. Don't keep talking lack. Don't keep talking need. Don't keep talking what we can't afford, we can't do. Now, I'll also say this. Prosperity in God is not overnight. Are you listening? Prosperity in God is not overnight. The Bible says first the blade, then the air, then the full corn in the air. The Bible says the kingdom of God is always as though a man should plant a seed. I've never read where it was as though a man should plant a tree. Are you listening? So, there is such a thing as things growing. Are you hearing me? Prosperity in God is not overnight. Success in God is not overnight. Someone told someone, he said, he said, he said your ministry just blossomed overnight. The man said, really? He said, if it did, that must have been the longest night that ever happened. Are there going to be times when it will seem like you are going under? See, A.A. Swift. A.A. Swift, he was one of the leaders in the Assemblies of God movement. He was a missionary in China. 1911, he went to China. He had, there was this organization, this missions organization. You know, in the Assemblies of God, then there was no support, mission support system at that time. So there was this organization in England that supported him. But that organization did not believe in the baptism in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. So because the people supporting him did not believe it, he couldn't preach it in the mission field. That would be unethical. Couldn't preach it. The people who sent him, don't believe it. Don't believe in it. But this, what he was doing is that 
he was getting a few people filled with the Holy Ghost privately. So then God began to talk with him that what you're doing really is not right. What you're doing, you know you believe in this. You should be preaching this. But you can't preach it because those guys are the guys supporting you. And what did they give him? They gave him $103 a month. Came to $1,236 a year. That was what he was collecting. He had a wife. He had two children. So he said, Lord, what do I do? And he said, the Lord told him, turn over that, that um, work to some, that, the, other, uh, the other missionary who is also from that station. Who? Then the Lord told him to go to another town and start a fresh work. You know, it's tough enough starting a fresh work in Nigeria, in Abuja, in 2019, not 1911, in China, with no support, nobody, no support base, no support system. He said, but he did. Then he said, all right, Lord, I'm going to do it. He said, then the Lord told him, he said, you see, I promised to make you rich. He said, what did you say? He said, yeah, I promised to make you rich. Then the Lord showed him from Galatians 3, 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spiritual faith. He saw from Deuteronomy 28 that poverty was a part of that curse and that prosperity is included in the blessing of Abraham. See, any blessing that the children of Israel had, it was because of their father Israel. That's Jacob. Any blessing Jacob had, it was because of his father Isaac. Any blessing Isaac had, it was because of his father Abraham. So it's all the blessing of Abraham. Amen. You see, the Lord began to show him about our rights to financial provision. And then he began to exercise his faith. He said the first six months, when he went to that new place, it looked like they were going to die. It looked like they were going to starve to death. See, when you step out and obey God, there will be tests, there will be trials. But when you know you've heard from heaven, and you know that this is what God told me to do, and you stay put, and you're faithful, and you keep believing God, he will come through. He said by the end of the year, you know what happened? The amount of money that had come into him was $3,750. Over three times more of what he got when he was with that other place. God sure met his needs in grand style. Are you listening? You see, faith in God's word works. And this area of prosperity is one area we need to sit down with and apply ourselves diligently. Why? Because of the work of God. Because of the work of God. Because of the work of God. The principles of faith, they are the same in every realm. Amen. You meet your friend. Maybe as you're going home today, Oh, your friend calls you. Oh boy, how now? How things? Ah, we are, we are patching up. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know you have become a vulcanizer. Yeah. Ah, how they go, they go. Ah, they go, no, they go fine. Oh. You know, how far? Not too far, not too far, not too far. You know, sometimes eh, we think if we can get people to pity us. Let me tell you something. When people give to you out of pity. They give you change. Yeah. Have you noticed that rich people get richer? Yes. And poor people get poorer? Because rich people talk rich. Yeah. Poor people talk poor. And they stay poor. 
You know, Jesus said, he that has, more will be given to him. Said, he that doesn't have, the little he has will be taken from him. Yeah. And then you see, you know, Jesus said, those in the kingdom of darkness are wiser in their generation than those in the kingdom of light. You see some of these unbelievers. You hear the way some of them will talk. Some of them will say, ah, uh-uh. they say there's no money here. I beg, leave that thing. How, the, how is there no money here? In fact, even if there's no money, eh? Look, no matter the economy of the jungle, the lion will not eat grass. That's how some of them talk. And then you now wonder why they seem to be getting ahead financially. And you now see one Christian serving God with all his heart. They say, how, how are things? Say, things are tight. Ah, oh, things are very tight. You know, it's not working. It's not easy. You know, it's not easy. You know, it's almost some people's default mode. You know, how things? It's not easy. Ah, how things? Ah, you know, easy. Things are tight. Ah, how, how business? Business is not going fine. What about speaking the word of God? What about saying, well, we are trusting God. We are believing him for good sales. We know things are improving. Yet, I'm not saying we deny the facts. No, the Bible says darkness to cover the earth. God darkness the people. But he said, arise and shine for thy light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Amen. So what about saying that? What about saying what the word of God says? Romans 4 verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. See, God calls the things that be not as though they were. And that's what causes them to come into being. Amen. Now, I'm not saying fake it till you make it. You've heard that stuff. Fake it till you make it. I'm not saying trying to impress people. I'm not trying to do a call for show. No. I'm not saying... No, not pretense, but believing God. Plain old believing God. Brother Higgins talked about one time, I heard this from Pastor Higgins' mouth. He said, actually, all the food, they ran out of food. He had gone, was with a travel trailer with the family, you know, on, on the field ministering. The last food they had, they ate it that evening. They were going for the meeting. He said, Brother Higgins held hands with uh, his wife, the kids. They believed God for supply, for provision. Then he told them, just dress in your best clothes to church. You know, you know there's a way you can dress, and you dress, and there's a way you're looking like, Pity me, pity me. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. And it's not really faith. It's manipulation. You know, they're just trying to manipulate someone. They're just trying to work on someone's emotion. No, 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 no. If we're going to believe God, let's believe God. Amen. He said, rest in your best clothes. Let's go to church. They did. They got back home. 5 a.m. the next morning, one man, he said, the Spirit of God woke him up and said, Brother Higgin is in such and such a place. And he doesn't have any groceries. The man took a truckload of groceries to him. Yeah. God can talk to people. God can talk to people. Somebody can just say, you know what? I was just thinking about you. And I I just felt like, it just seemed good that I should do this. Faith in God's word works. What about us doing some speaking as we close tonight? Stand up on your feet. Amen. Stand up on your feet. Say with me, I am a believer. I'm not a doubter. I have faith. 
I have mountain moving faith. I have the God kind of faith. I believe in my heart. And I believe with my words. Therefore, the things I say, they come to pass. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Poverty is a curse. I'm redeemed from poverty. I know the grace of my Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for my sake, he became poor. And so I, through his poverty, I am rich. I have a full supply. I have abundant provision. God my Father makes all grace abound towards me. And so I, having all sufficiency in all things, I abound unto every good work. Amen. Let me ask you, what do you need? What do you want? What's that need? Start from something you can believe for. And what do you do? Let's put it in the practice, what we've learned today. Amen. Be specific about it and just claim it. Say, I claim such and such. Specify what it is. I claim it in the name of Jesus. Yeah, claim it. And then say this, Satan, take your hands off of it. And then say this, ministering spirits, go forth and cause it to come. Amen. Do you know it's coming? It's coming. It's coming. Do you know why it's coming? Do you know why it's coming? The Bible says where the word of a king is, there's power. You see, a king has spoken. A king has spoken. A king has spoken. Who is the king who has spoken? You are that king. And so it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Now, just before we go, let's be seated just a minute. If you're here as a guest, you're a guest, you're a visitor, could I just see your hand? You're a visitor. You came from this, for this taster session. Put, keep your hands up. Now, let's do something. With their hands up, let's put these brochures in their hands. All our visitors with their hands up. We have a brochure for you. It's free. Just get it to all their hands. Now, in Rayma Bible Training Center, we have about 250 somewhat campuses in over 50 countries around the world. Our headquarters is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, started by Kenneth e. blessed memory. And here in Nigeria, we have a campus in Abuja. We have the weekend stream. We have the uh, at night one, just the one you are in. We have level one. We have level two. We have a campus in Yanya. We have one in Kaduna. We have another one in Port Harcourt. We have one in Lagos. Maybe you are even watching the live stream. And you're saying, well, this kind of teaching, I'd like to hear more of this kind of stuff. We have 25 subjects just like this. Uh, we have a course on healing, on evangelism, on the Great Commission, you know, on how to be led by the Spirit of God, the authority of the believer, prayer, just things that will get the believer grounded in who he is in Christ so that you can fulfill your destiny. And if you're called to ministry, well, that's what we do. Praise God. We help equip people to fulfill the plan of God, to get the work of God done. Amen. We have a, an intake. Admission is ongoing. We are taking applications. October is when the new year is starting. 
And I want to tell you something. You want to make sure you get your application in soonest. Because in a short while, there won't be space anymore because all the spaces are getting filled up. You want to turn it in as soon as possible. Have a nice night's rest. See you tomorrow. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.